0: Hey, what's up guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Second Opinion Podcast, episode number 260. It's your boy Celeb. I'm a little under the weather, but we're here to talk about some good stuff. We're going to talk about Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, more E3 news, Cyberpunk 2077, Mortal Kombat, World War Z, and some problems with the anticipated content that was supposed to come to Anthem. During their roadmap.
1: Anthem is shit, so (laughs) it's definitely okay.
0: It's coming up right here on the Second Opinion Podcast. You're listening to The Second Opinion Podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by Second Opinion Productions. Gaming is our passion. Podcasting is our profession. Check us out at centaleaks.com. All right, guys, it's the 260th episode of The Second Opinion Podcast, and thank you all for listening. Uh, over the years, we've had a lot of uh, different co hosts, different designs for the podcast, different layouts. Um, and uh,
1: the, the, the best thing is that Bolts is on here.
0: <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> my boy Bolts, uh, partner in crime, as always. Um, and I do want to give a shout out to my boy TJ as well. Um, we're going to be doing a grilling and chilling with him, hopefully, this coming Saturday. Um, very excited about it. We're supposed to be doing Buffalo Burgers um and uh doing some other stuff as well like,
1: like saturday like after tomorrow's friday mm-hmm. yeah oh, okay
0: what
1: i'll just make sure <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> um and um uh i'm very excited about it also want to give a big shout out to all the previous co-hosts of the podcast with um miss rebecca ash aka jen aka phoenix fire uh, my homie shout outs to her also shout outs to Toaster McGee and my dude Skelly it's been some time but I'm gonna give you a shout out and uh, say I appreciate you always being a part of the show and maybe sometime we could get you back on um, and also we had we had a few other small ones we had my, my dude Gus um, we had Matt the ninja um, we also had the DCD Robert workman on the podcast uh, for some time as well so um, been going back listening to some earlier episodes, and uh, you know we had some really good memories as long as I've been doing this show. Um, but, I am, but, 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 bolts is like but, but I'm on the show now.
1: They're all second fiddle to bolts. <laughs> <laughs> Just mess, I love you guys.
0: Um, but big shout outs to all you guys. Um, so it is the 260th episode of the Second Opinion podcast. As you can tell, I'm a little under the weather. Uh, I had a little bit of a crazy work week, um, and my daughter was a little a uh, little snotty the other day, and I was still showing her some love, and uh, I got pretty sick. I got a uh, like a summer cold or something. I don't know, um, but. That's why my voice sounds a little weird, but let's go ahead and jump down into it. What have you been drinking? What have you been gaming? Bolts. What you been drinking? What you been gaming, my <sighs> bro? Uh,
1: drinking. Um,
0: orange juice and vodka. Uh,
1: but yeah, I had a little bit that the actually the other night. Yeah. Um, I was I, actually when I was watching Game of Thrones. So
0: dan, dan. that latest episode, bro. Mm-hmm.
1: Huh. I was stuck on a giant's teeth. Bro, Dormond is one of my favorite. He is amazing, ever. bro. Where's the big woman at? You know, <laughs> just it trips me out, man. Just trips me out. Uh been drinking a little, little little OJ and OJ in the V. Um I haven't been really gaming much. Um I've been working quite a bit, so um gaming wise, man, just, just MLB the show. Busted a little uh I played Borderlands two a little bit last night. Yeah. Um playing Grand Theft Auto Five a little bit, but not okay. much. Um but Do I'm, you have it? What?
0: You have it downloaded on what? Xbox? What's that? Grand Theft Auto Five?
1: No, PlayStation.
0: Are you serious?
1: Yes, I actually gave my Xbox One X to my son. Huh? Bolts. Wait a second. Oh, oh because yeah. because because his One S uh, crashed, and ah,
0: so you only have a PlayStation now. Yes. I don't know what to say to you. Me neither.
1: Uh, Rejoice, yeah. people of the gaming world! Oh, don't worry about it, because when the next gen comes out, I'll get rid of my PlayStation. You don't know what you're talking about, crabs. <laughs> no, um, and then I had to I had to take the my Xbox over to his house. I had to yeah. transfer all the data and all that stuff. So, it so is he what it is bro. he has my Xbox One X now.
0: Good, because you know what? You down you playing Grand Theft Auto? I'm gonna download it and we're gonna play online now. Oh shit, bro! Yes, <laughs> oh my god, yes. Okay. So that's it? I mean, that's, yeah, that's it, bro. We should play some really sad music right now. Mm. Uh, we want to give uh, you know a little moment in time for uh, Boltz's Xbox. Too bad it didn't have any games to play.
1: Yep, but the future is <laughs> soon. I'm so. <laughs> just
0: play it, bro. Uh-uh. <laughs> Anyways, so... Um, <laughs> Uh, drinking wise, I haven't been drinking anything but water and, um, sparkling ice (coughs) because my boy bolts got me hooked onto it.
1: Yeah, buddy. Uh,
0: Gaming wise, I have been playing a lot of video games. Uh, I've been, finally have been able to sit down and finalize my review for world war Z. Uh, if you're listening to this right now, you should be able to check it out on Cinelinks.com, um, and hopefully I'll be able to get a video done uh, for it as well. Um, and I'm also working on my review of Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, did get the code on Tuesday, and we were provided with a premium edition code, which is the collect- like the, it's pretty much the digital collector's edition code. It comes with um, skins, it comes with the um, character pack. It was the $100 edition of the game. Um, and so far I'm loving it. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that, uh, later on in the podcast, uh, as well as, um, I was about to say H1Z1, as well as World (laughs) War Z. Um, but outside of that, I don't think I've been gaming anything else. Um, I was going to play some blades the other day, but I just never got around to it. So, um, I want to give a big shout out, of course, to us. For being consistent, and to Cineluxe.com for being so amazing to us, um, you guys will be able to. If you're at the events, you will be able to see us at E3 and QuakeCon this year, and possibly, possibly, I don't know, but possibly I may be going to PlayStation Experience later on this year if they get the uh, if they get the details and everything lined out. So, um, I also want to take a moment and say. Big shout-outs to realoutreach.com. we got an event coming up for Detective Pikachu. We're going to take some kids there to see it. Make uh, make sure to head on over to realoutreach.com and uh, check out the great charity that we do there. Um, Big shout-outs to our boss, Jordan, uh, for doing this um, to to take kids uh, that are in really bad circumstances and make them have a night of feeling normal. Once again. So head on over to realoutreach.com. If you'd like to donate, you can. You can set it to where you can give us $5 a month, $10 a month, or you can just donate to the specific event that we are doing that month. Video games coming soon. We have uh, Days Gone coming out April 26th. That is tomorrow. That is the life story of
1: Daryl Dixon. Daryl
0: Dixon.
1: <laughs> I got my <laughs> bike and my crossbow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, uh, oh, well, I guess it's today if you're listening to this on Friday. Um, but, uh, shout outs to PlayStation as well. They, um, sent my dude, Matt Quad C, a, um, review code for the game. Uh, it was really awesome because he went to a PlayStation event recently. He worked his ass off and did uh, some damn good coverage, uh, of this game. And, uh, we were, uh, you know, he was rewarded for what he did, man. So, Um, Definitely make sure to check out his review coming soon to CineLeaks.com. Also, May 14th, we got Rage 2 coming out to PS4, Xbox One, PC. There was a new um, all you need to know video that was released by Bethesda today talking about everything that you need to know about Rage 2 before the game comes out. And I'm just so fucking excited for this game, dude. Oh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, man. I mean, the closer and closer we get to release, I'm just, I get so excited. But it makes me wonder so much. Of what is going to happen at E3 this year, at the Bethesda E3 press conference. bro? Like what is going to be announced? Because half of these games that I thought were going to be there are not there. You know, like I originally, before they put the May 14th release date, I was thinking rage was going to maybe release like in August. <laughs> well, you'll have doom. We'll have doom blades is gone. Cause it's already released in early access. Um, Wolfenstein Youngbloods comes out July 26th, you'll, the weekend you'll, of QuakeCon.
1: Yeah, so you'll probably have a little something there. Um, and of course, you'll have Elder Scrolls.
0: I hope so, bro. You've got to. What's the point of doing a big press conference if you don't plan on showing your heavy hitters? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Bro, they had. Na- <laughs> we joked about that before. <laughs> 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 They're like, it's coming out and it's going to be Elder Scrolls Online in the form of Fallout 76 Bolts is like I'm getting up and I'm leaving right now I'm never coming L- back let me tell E3. you something
1: let me tell you something they've got look Fallout 76 is like you know how you have that itch in your rectum that you could only get with like the corner of the desk and you like you spread your cheeks and you scratch and you scratch and it won't go away yeah that's what 76 is <laughs> And then it turns into like this this scab between your oh please no and it, more and it starts bleeding and no. then it just stop it doesn't stop it's there <laughs> forever so it's there so forever. so it's like a
0: horrible hemorrhoid
1: yes yeah, yeah oh my god without man. the cream
0: <laughs> you are so ridiculous I swear <laughs> to God um but I don't know man they've talked about it before supposedly they're telling people that um that uh. Uh, there's two big games that are not going to be there. So I just don't know what they would show if it wasn't going to be Elder Scrolls and um, what's the name of it? Starfield. Starfield. That's the, only other th- well, that's the
1: only other two names that they dropped since last
0: year. <clears throat> Unless they announced like a new Dishonored and something else. Exactly. I, mean, I don't know, bro. I don't know either, bro. Maybe they're going to reannounce announce Battle Cry. Or another
1: version of Skyrim.
0: (laughs) Skyrim on the Coke bottle. (laughs) It's like if you pull this tab to the left, you're getting, I don't know, it was a horrible joke. Dear Um, Lord, dear Lord. Anyway, so, so, okay, Uh, moving down through the podcast, (laughs) podcast. Uh, (laughs) we're going to talk real quick about World War Z. So World War Z, my review is coming just as a quick preview Um, this is what I had to say about some of the story as most of you may know I am all about story in any genre of gaming when World War Z was announced I first was expecting a game adapted to the 2013 World War Z film with names like Brad Pitt Peter Kaplan, and Matthew Fox. This would be a great way of seeing their on-screen characters follow up the events of the film since Paramount Pictures announced the cancellation of World War Z 2 early this year. Well, to my surprise, this was not the case with World War Z. We are presented with four episodes that consist of three levels per episode. Each episode comes along with four playable characters with their own backstory cutscenes. Although I thought this was a cool addition to the game, I felt like I had no connection with the characters I was playing with. This made me also feel like the story missions were literally just any other titles point A to point B mission placements. So that's just a little bit of my review for the game uh and it should be up later this afternoon. Well, it should be up now if you are reading it on sitlings.com uh or listening to this podcast. So, my thing about World War Z, uh, it is a very fun game. Um, The swarm engine that they have uh, works really well um, when it wants to work. The problem with this game is that there's a lot of times that it feels like it's trying to be something that it's not. Uh, And when I say that, I mean that it really feels a lot like Left 4 Dead. I mean, down right. to the extent of the four characters that had these tragic backstories, whatever they all came together to do, take down these zombies. Um, there's a multitude of zombies in the game that are very much, very, very much like the, the zombies that we have seen in left for dead before with like the creeper and so on and so forth. Even the hazmat zombies, uh, you know, those were in left for dead as well. So, it's um, it's a crazy thing because I feel that um, I feel that this game is a good game for the price that it is the game is only 39.99 it did come out on the 16th and it was done. Um, by a total, I think, of three studios, there was Mad Dog Games, there was Saber Interactive, and then there was, of course, Focus Home Interactive, which uh, I think owns Saber Interactive. So, um, it's a crazy thing, as I said, because uh, I think this game pulls you in four different ways. Like, it's, you have uh, some really awesome multiplayer experience in this game, which is the... Uh, player versus player versus zombie game mode. Um, and you, it is literally a multiplayer mode to where it's pretty much like team deathmatch, but you also have to face off against zombies. And there's sometimes that if you corner your uh, enemy team uh, then in the correct spot or make too much noise in certain areas or wait until the swarm comes around and you corner those team uh, members that are against you, then the you could really get them in a bad spot and help your team out score-wise. Um, it's, it's just weird though, because there is the normal, you know, stuff like King of the Hill, um, and then there's a, uh, you know, swarm domination, uh, mode as well. Um, there's also scavenger raid and vaccine hunt. Um, so these modes are kind of, you know, pretty much modified run of the mill modes, but I think the highlight is the player versus player versus zombie, um, gameplay, Uh, Because the fact that you can have, you know, everybody that's in this one multiplayer mode facing off against each other, and then out of nowhere you get a notification that there's a big-ass swarm coming in, you kind of have to work together at some points in time uh, to like kill the zombies, but you're facing off against each other at the same time. Or you can just say, fuck it, and just leave those dudes and let the zombies kill them, uh, while you're trying to run over and stop some other point or whatever. So it's a cool that's a cool aspect of a game. Um, but as I said, the problem with it is I really do feel that it to make it entertaining, they pulled too much from previous games like it in the genre. Yeah um, So um, this does not mean that it is a bad game. Uh, I still think I would still recommend this game to any zombie fan out there, Uh, especially people that are interested in a game like Days Gone and you don't have a PlayStation. So uh, my full review for this game will be posted up soon. You'll be able to see my score and all that stuff over on (coughs) Cineleaks.com. So check it out. Bolts. What? um, Is there any interest in this game for you?
1: No. No, I'm 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 done. I'm pretty much done with the zombie genre. Um, I just, it's just it. And you know, I got nothing to say. I really don't. I am I'm, I'm tired. It's tiring. It's it's if it's not one thing, it's another. It's one after the other. Yeah. Um, I know Resident Evil 2, the remake, remaster, the whatever you to edition that you want to call it. I, I, you know, it looked great, but it was you know something we had played. Um, I'm ready for Dying Light 2 to come out. I loved the first one. So I'm really, really, really ready for Dying Light 2.
0: It's going to be awesome. And uh, that's another thing. We talked about E3 a little bit. And you guys have to realize with E3 around the corner, we are going to be talking about a lot more on the podcast. There's some topics today that we're going to be talking about uh, that are E3 centralized Um, but I'm really hoping we get to see some gameplay maybe even play the game while we're there I'd be ecstatic I know you would be Um, so real quick I'm going to talk about Mortal Kombat and my experience with the game so far Um, we have some stuff that we're going to talk about later on with some stupid ass drama um, that is is, kind of haunting the game right now from fans that don't know what they're talking about in my personal opinion but um, my experience with Mortal Kombat 11 has been a great one Uh, when it launched um I got the code uh provided from Netherrealm Studios and uh I'm just so uh over the moon with this game and it is honestly um my one of my favorite Mortal Kombats so far. I have been a big Mortal Kombat fan for some time. Hopefully you were able to go over to Sentinelix and check out my article about my top 5 Mortal Kombat games of all time um but day one if you did get the uh, premium edition of the game it came with a character pass and if you pre-ordered the game um you were able to get all of these characters you got shao Kahn, frost which frost is playable after you play through the story mode of the game or you can purchase her early um uh, johnny cage cassie cage sonya blade Jax, jackie briggs Sub-Zero, Raiden, Baraka, Noob Cybot, Scorpion, um, Kano, Cabal, Lucane, Katana, uh, Kung Lao, Jade, uh, Scarlet, uh, Aaron Black, <laughs> I'm losing track of him now, uh, Kotal Khan, Geras, The Collector, Centrion, and of course, the Bug Lady herself, um, of course I would forget her name, Devorah, Jesus Christ, um, so... For the most part, I think this is a very good roster um, to start the game with. There has been a good chunk of uh, leaks so far, stating that, and this was actually done through the um, done through the uh, switch version of the game. Uh, supposedly, there's a very big possibility that we may finally be getting. Uh, spawn in the game now. This is a this is just a rumor at this point in time. Um, I know that the first DLC character that we will be getting is, of course, the man himself, Shang Tsung, and I'm very excited to have him back in the game. Um, but um, there was, I guess, a couple of months back, there was a DLC leak. That supposedly had said that Spawn, um, uh, Fujin, Shiva, Sindel, Terminator, Nightwolf, Joker, and of course Shang Tsung were going to be all of the DLC characters. So Bolts, as a fighting game fan and someone that somewhat admires the Mortal Kombat uh, uh, series, these DLC characters, Shang Tsung, Joker, Nightwolf... Um, Terminator, Sindel, Spawn, Ash, which I don't know who Ash is. Um, I wonder if that's
1: that's Ash from Evil Dead.
0: (sighs) Bro. Okay. That um, would be amazing. Overall,
1: about the, the DLC roster, if that's the truth, I don't like it.
0: Why? I just... What's the main ones that you don't like?
1: Um... I I guess more or less all 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 the, the special characters. I you know I, I I mean it's Spawn yes Spawn's great. Um, Ash is if that's the Ash we're thinking of that's you know that's pretty awesome. You know he's he's got a chainsaw so you got Leatherface. Yeah. You know Terminator it's a robot. <laughs> I mean it's just unless <coughs> unless somehow some way it moves like you know Sector and and and. Cyrex and stuff like that, but Terminator's a, a big T, T What was it? T eight hundred or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah, it's a big yeah. blocky one step in like you know
0: Sentinel from from the Marvel universe. Yeah, um, Joker. See, my thing with Joker is if they bring Joker in the game and they let you do fatalities to him, awesome. But if not, if he's brought into the game and you cannot do a fatality with him. At all, then it's gonna aggravate me because that's one thing that I very much disliked in Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe is that a lot of the DC Universe characters you could not do any type of fatality with them. Yeah, at all, no. um, because it was just like no, you're not gonna kill our characters exactly. So if Joker is coming over there and you can't blow his brains out, don't bring him over. That's it. You know,
1: um, I like I like the uh, the um, I like uh, Sendel. Um, I don't like Shiva.
0: Bro, <laughs> Jesus! Whenever I told him that Shiva was coming in, in DLC, he's like, "Really, Shiva?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he's like, "I'd rather have Goro back." Right?
1: Then yeah. If, if this is the list, I'm not. I'm not overly impressed. Now they so. are
0: saying that Shinnok has been shown. You know, he was. Uh, he, he is part, somewhat part of the yeah. prequel or prelog uh, of the story in Mortal Kombat 11, uh, because of the events that happened in Mortal Kombat um, X. Uh, but also the the hopeful in my mind, the hopeful in my mind would be rain, <coughs> and also smoke, because we had a cy- a Cybertronic version of smoke uh, in the last game, but we haven't had smoke in the ca- as a character in the game since Mortal Kombat Nine, and I think Smoke is one of my favorite characters. Yep. So, um, but anyways so I beat the story mode I thought it was fantastic I really enjoyed what they did with the story mode Um, and it's such a cinematic it's such a cinematic uh, experience now Um, I had uh, I can't remember who it was that was over here was it Jesus? it had to be Jesus or was it you? no it wasn't me Man, I didn't think it was Jesus though. It was somebody I don't know, or maybe I was just talking to myself while I was half asleep. Um, but so it's it's so crazy because it does ha- it has those moments to where you know like you fight as much as possible, and then you have like a cutscene. No, it was you because you were, we were joking about it. You were sitting on the couch, and I was playing through the story mode, and uh, you were like, "So what?" Like you fight somebody, and then it cuts to a cutscene. I was the, not here, bro. I promise who the fuck you. Fuck did I talk to, bro? I have not seen anybody or somebody play. Mortal it was Kombat a fucking XI. ghost, bro. There's a ghost in my house. I'm, bro. I am like baffled. I'm trying to think of who the fuck it was. But anyways, so, um, it has such a cinematic presentation in this game. It, it is everything that I loved about, um, Injustice Two. Wrapped into the Mortal Kombat universe. I loved how how visually stunning Injustice 2 was. And they really did an amazing job with Mortal Kombat in this perspective. Um, the gameplay is a little different this time around. They did do away with x-rays. There is the fatal blow that you can do. But you can only do it one time a match. Like literally if you do it once you can't do it again the entire match. Um, also, uh, also they did... Um, a, I thought, well, I thought it was a really cool thing. Some of the other people, which we're going to talk about later, um, didn't really think was very cool, but the crypt has changed. Uh, it is on Shang Tsung's island. You go out, you talk to Shang Tsung, you go through the crypt in a third-person mode uh, with a random generated character, uh, and you go and bust the crypts up and whatever. I really loved it. I loved it. Um, now, I haven't really got into the towers too much, but... I'm just enjoying my time with the game. The gameplay is a little bit slower, but it's more focused mm. on the combat, So, um, which is something that Bolts hates. Yes. <coughs> He's I- always felt that Mortal Kombat was a little bit of a slower fighter compared to games like Marvel vs. Capcom.
1: Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much.
0: But, I mean, you, like, you respect Mortal Kombat.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it started it all, so you have to. I
0: said you respect the Mortal Kombat. I'm like... You respect the tournament, <laughs> the tournament of souls. No, that's soul caliber. Tale of souls. What does that guy say? Welcome to the tale of souls. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so to move on through the show, um, really enjoy my time with the game. Uh, I don't give a shit what anybody says. Shit talkers talk shit. That's fine. That's okay. Cool. Um the the no, but there's a difference between you and shit talkers. You're <laughs> bolts. Um I will say that I mained Jax in Mortal Kombat X. He was my main, no fans or butts. He is not my main anymore, bro. <laughs> they have changed him. His <laughs> even his wrestler variation, which is the one that I used to use on Mortal Kombat X, is not the same at all. So, um, surprise, uh, there are two characters that I really like playing as, um, noob Saibot, which I was never, I mean, I've been a fan of his, but I've never really, uh, I liked him, um, in previous games, but you know, I didn't think that I was really going to like, really like him as much as I do in this one. Um, now Bolt, you've talked about noob Saibot before, uh, because you know, that little cheating aspect of his character that was in Ultimate Marvel versus uh, Ultimate Marvel versus, Ultimate Mortal Kombat Three. Yes. Um it was one of the best
1: moves ever. Um it was called the no block ball. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what you did or anything like that, as soon as you launched it you would go into just this flurry of combos because you know
0: it's no, you couldn't block you couldn't do nothing you just stood there and, took and didn't an he at. didn't he have the ability of like shooting like a ball at somebody correct yeah yeah that's what it was called and it would just like circle it was, it around, circle around yeah. and you couldn't do shit about it that was so awesome man um but also another character that I have been really playing a lot with is Kotal Kahn I'm super surprised and I really don't know what to say because Kotal Kahn I freaking hated his guts in Mortal Kombat X I hated him as a character I disliked his overall being uh I just really didn't like his move set anything about his character but this one they have really changed his character and my good friend Jay Shockblast actually told me about this ahead of time as like bro Kotal Kahn is completely different and they really did rework his move set they changed a lot of of his character um and I'm in love. I'm in love with this character. But, um, of course, the story mode was amazing. The multiplayer is fun. Um, and, you know, the the classic tower to where you fight off characters, uh, do some dragon challenges during the middle of it and get a little story for each character at the end is still one of the main features. So it's just really cool, man, and I'm really enjoying my time. Hopefully maybe sometime um, that we're not super busy, me and Bolts. We'll be able to play the game. Um, but with that being said... Uh, hey, we'll play it after the podcast. Bro. Yeah, yeah. We can play it after the podcast. Um, with that being said, we're going to move into our main discussion. Thank God. I'm so tired of more comics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our main discussions tonight consist of some pretty cool news um, and some news about E3 2018 uh, and much more. So first and foremost... I know Bolts will be excited for From Software for this. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice has officially sold 1.4 million copies digitally in just the month of March. Um, that is a crazy number. Now, this uh, story is cited from VG247, um, and they did say this is roughly 200,000 copies more than Dark Souls 3 did at launch in 2016. Securo sold over 2 million copies in just 10 days with a combined of retail and digital sales. So, bolts let me ask this. Yes? With Sekiro being the game that it is, with it being very hard um, and challenging, do you think that people gravitated to it more because of the challenge? Absolutely. Or... Do you think that a lot of people gravitated to it more this time around because of the visual um, presentation?
1: Yeah, visuals like the time era. I, I, I can. I, I'll, I'll do this. The, uh, the The feudal Japan was a really was was a game changer for me. Um, you knew what you were going to get um, from software, so as far as the game itself has a difficulty, but I, let me tell you something until you play this game, you don't understand the difficulty. Um, dark, dark souls, bloodborne, Deep demon, demon souls, whatever souls, demons and darks. You want to play. Okay. <laughs> Shadow uh, souls. Exactly. It's for real. Um, this, th- this game was, was beyond those four games. It's way more in, difficult. In, in my opinion, it was, um, and it was just, and the whole Feudal Japan, the whole, you know, samurai um, uh, showing, stuff like that, uh-huh. it was just, it was, it was a masterpiece in it, and it shows because of of, of the of, of what the game has sold. Yeah. Um, but as far as me, yes, the Feudal Japan was, was a game changer, but it will always be, there's so many games out there that you can go in and just go boom, 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 and done. Yeah. You know? Um, but... With this game, it's there's one difficulty. Fucking hard. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. So you have to master it. You have to be good at it. You have to put the time in it. You have to, to know what buttons to push when you need to push. This the, These type games are the true game-thinking games yeah. that you have got to strategize. So I, I'm, I'm not surprised one bit how well it is done um people gravitate toward it for many reasons mine
0: was the difficulty and of course the feudal japan so yeah. um well you know of course one reason why i wanted to get the game was because of feudal japan aspect of it uh the visuals looked stunning um the samurai and all that stuff dude it was amazing uh, like it literally originally before i you know when when matt had seen it at E3 last year. He had talked about how beautiful it was and stuff, and I was like, Hell yeah, I'm gonna play this game. And I started thinking, I'm like, probably gonna get my ass whooped. But I'm gonna do the same thing I did the last three or the last two it, Dark Souls style it, games it, it and be will like, test uh, your patience, my man. Yeah, yeah. I what? saw that. Saw a friend of mine play the uh, Snake scene. Oh and yeah. He died so many times. I just, I don't, I don't see how he didn't rage quit. So, um, I, I got to give a big shout out to From Software. Uh, For doing so amazing with uh, Sekiro uh, Shadows Die Twice. Um, It is a great game. Uh, You can check out our full review over on CineLinks.com. And it was reviewed by my boy, Matt Guadzee. So with that said, we're going to talk about some more news uh, that has to do with, I guess, fan favorite video game studios. And that is Square Enix. Uh, Square Enix has officially announced their E3 2019 showcase, and it will be taking place June 10th. Square Enix has announced that they uh, will have a showcase during the E3 2019 show. On Monday, June 10th, Square Enix will host its E3 show, and those who live in a certain time zone will have to stay up to watch this time zone. Now, this is sourced through VG247, so big shout-out to them. Um, it'll happen... At ten, uh, June 10th, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern. So me and Bolts will probably watch it. If it's happening on Monday, June 10th, that'll be... Uh, I don't know if we will watch that because that is actually the same day of the Xbox and Bethesda press conference. So, Oh, yeah. No, no sorry, Square Enix. You're <laughs> not that important. Well, this is the thing. Um, there is a very big possibility that the studio is going to talk about Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, That's the... Oh, look, let's,
1: oh Hold up. Before we even <laughs> continue this conversation, this is the only thing that anybody wants from Square Enix right now. If this is not remotely anywhere within the words of the people presenting of what Square Enix provides it doesn't matter.
0: Well, it also says right here in this article it says the first ever official concert dedicated to Final Fantasy 7 is taking place June 9th in the Dolby Theater in Los Angeles the day before E3 ki- kicks off. So, there's a very big possibility they are going to announce maybe a release date, saying that it's going to come out do 2020
1: on Final Fantasy 7. Don't even come back next year.
0: <laughs> I agree. Don't come back. I agree, bro, uh, totally. Uh, also, they are. there's a very big possibility that they're going to be talking about the Avenger project that they've been working on with Crystal Dynamics um, and uh, IDOS Montreal. Um, what are you thinking about that, bro? It's supposed to be uh, like a third-person Avengers game that has been in development for quite some time. Oh, okay. Once again... <laughs> no, I'm serious. I, I mean, that's great. They're working on something
1: else, but this is—I'm I'm sorry to say—this is not what people want. If if there if there is a one time you listen to the consumers, this is what you've got to listen to because this is what they've been begging for. This has been in the loop for probably a good part of the decade now. I'm gonna say like almost. I feels like five to seven years since they first announced that a possibility of a remake could happen. So it just Avengers. Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah, okay, I'm excited. But as, as a gaming community, if there is nothing said about Final Fantasy VII, then regardless of what you're working on, it will be a failure for you.
0: Yeah. You really think it's going to be a complete failure?
1: I do. Because, because no, one, no one cares about what, they, what they're working on. They, they, they care about what they're going to present as far as Final Fantasy VII. And that's it.
0: Okay. Um, so I'm not really gonna get into big, uh, big information um, about what was said directly for uh, about Cyberpunk 2077. I'm gonna kind of uh, highlight just one main thing um, about this uh, because um, the quest director of the game uh, was was interviewed recently um, and. He basically said that the game is the current build of the game is, is very much different from the E3 2018 demo, and it has a very big inspiration from the highly acclaimed Vampire uh, Vampire: The Masquerade uh, and also Deus Ex. So, bolts, we both uh, really liked what we saw with the E3 demo of Cyberpunk 2077. Mm-hmm. Uh, the developer CG Project Red is always a, a amazing studio, very critically acclaimed um, and their main thing that they're doing right now from what he says is we are polishing everything and consistently thinking about how to make the game uh, more interesting, how to make the gameplay cool and well. The gameplay we saw last year was basically a small fragment of what this game really will be. There was not a clear picture of how the game fits into the open world or how it fits into a large image of the game, um, so with that being said, and the fact that the game is very much different from the E3 demo, what are you thinking about 2077? Are you excited that they're I'm, constantly making changes? Look, look, look they're they
1: they <sighs> Project Red is trying to put out there the, in my opinion, the ultimate game. Um, I, I I know. You know the The Witcher and stuff like that is is glorious in all of its in all of its it's it's glorious. It's just it's it's one of those amazing game series franchises, whatever you want to call it. But this but this game right here is stepping into the future. It is it I I believe they're going to push every single thing they can to the fucking limits with this game. They're going to make it as big as beautiful as challenging as RPGic as it can be. Is what I can say. Um, and they're constantly trying to make changes to it. To I'm, I'm sure they've got you know you know a hundred people you know polls and stuff like this. What do you like? What are you doing? You know, blah. They're going over. They're sending, They're bringing people in to test it. I know they are to look at it, to play it, to get their feedback. And if they're listening to them to to make changes as far as as many changes as they can make, that would still make the great the game great. I love it because yeah. because once you once you once you stop working on a game. Then you're satisfied. Yeah, you're satisfied with what you got. This company is continuously working on it because they see something else and like, ooh, that would probably be better, or ooh, we could take that out and add this because it would do this, this, and we could take that out because it's not that important, or we can do this, this, and this. You're always, always changing something. You're always looking for the better of what your game can provide to the gamers. So yes, I'm, I'm, my opinions on this game will not change until the day I play it.
0: Yeah. And I actually agree with you on that very much. So I think that um, the game overall is uh, is going to be amazing, and I don't think it is a scary thing that the demo is very different now compared to what it was. Um, as what Bolt said, we have seen a lot of studios in the past that have been super okay with. Oh well, you know, this is pretty much the same product that we added E3 last year, um, and they've not turned out well you know what i'm saying um, but now in this perspective when you when you see it it's it's crazy when you hear it come from a from um, a, a game development team like cd project red that said well you know we saw what our demo was we saw the reactions from the fans and we were like how can we make this better are you fucking right bro you
1: know, listen to your consumers exactly. listen to us you know as 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 we are the gamers and the consumers of this community. We are what makes this company run. And, and I understand that people are out there building these games and doing this, this, and this, and this. But without us purchasing your games, you mean jack. Yeah. So listen to us. You you don't have to always listen to us, by all means, because some of us are fucking morons. Yeah. But listen to us. If 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 you see the oohs and the ahs of when you present something, sit back and go, hmm. I bet we could do better, also. Yeah, you know that's 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 smart thinking, and it's
0: such a, it's such a smart um, uh, viewpoint on uh, on their community and on their fan base of saying, "Man, everybody really loved that demo, but what if we completely fucking changed it and made it even better than what it was?" You know, and to say that that demo that they had was like a very small percentage of what the game actually will be mm-hmm. like is nuts to me, bro. Yeah, it's so fucking. You know, nuts.
1: It, it even says it right here. The, the, reiterated that the demo we we showed only a small fragment of the game, and we got a we got a decent a, a good <laughs> a good visual of what that demo was.
0: And if that's only you know one one fifty eighth of what you're presenting, bring the shit on. Yeah, I'm telling you, dude. I'm very excited for this. I can't wait to see more. At E3 2018. With that being said, we're gonna move into our music minute, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about my displeasure with Dragon Ball Fighters Anthem uh, delaying a lot of anticipated content.
1: Dragon Ball Z, told and you we're gonna so. talk about
0: uh, Mortal Kombat 11 and how I really don't like the Mortal Kombat 11 fan base right now. So we'll be back right after this. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> guys, we're back again and big shout outs to Tech Industry for letting us use that music. Such a fucking good album. You should definitely check out Tech Industry's music uh, and I'll have it linked in the description below of the podcast or you can just head on over um, to my Twitter page and I'll uh, tag Tech Industry in the uh, upcoming episode and you'll be able to check them out then. But we're here to talk about something that is depressing and has pissed me off for the last time. Dragon Ball Fighters. All right, so it has not an, and and this is my boy Matt Quad C, or actually, this was Jordan that posted this. Dragon Ball Fighters already, he's already impressive roster continues to grow with time. uh this time, with another Goku variation that fans have been hoping to see. <clears throat> so, I'm fucking sick of it. I'm sick of it. Okay, listen. Goku, cool, man. He's such a fucking awesome character. I love Dragon Ball. Okay. I love everything about Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, whatever. Why did I not buy the second Fighter Pass Bolts? Because there's, I don't know, 16, <laughs> 16
1: different variations of Goku?
0: Yes. I mean, two of the main characters that are in the new Fighter Pass are different versions of Goku. There's Goku GT, which is a cool character, but that's something that we should have seen like maybe originally or something like day one as just a free character. Um, And then Gogeta, another fucking fused version. We, okay, listen, we already have enough fused versions. All right. We have a total of three. What is it? There's, uh, there's regular Goku, or there's original Goku from Dragon Ball uh, Z, there is Super Saiyan Goku, there is, uh, there is, um, what else? There's uh, Super Saiyan God Goku, then there is uh, Goku Black, which is still a v- fucking version of Goku, you know what I'm saying? Um, and then you have Goku GT now, and Gogeta, and you also have Vegito, which is in the game. <laughs> Bro, What? I don't understand. I mean, fuck, dude. I want to like support this game. I love toy animation. I love Arc System Works. I have done nothing but talk great about this game, even in my original review that I did. I think it was great. (coughs) Characters like Broly from the Dragon Ball Super Movie and uh, uh, Jiren, great additions to the game. Um, But they added Vendell, which... Whatever, I guess. I mean, I can I can understand that. But there's so many other characters in the Dragon Ball series, the Dragon Ball saga, that they could have added instead of five or four different versions of Goku. You know what I'm saying, Bolts? I mean, this is... I'm, bro, I don't know, dude. I'm, like, super irritated because even the fucking... The Fighter Pass 2 is $24.99 for the second Fighter Pass.
1: I, you know, it, that's it's just I'm sorry for the
0: congestion guys. It's really killing me right now. No, it just, you know, it's you
1: know, the dra- the Dragon Ball universe is is huge and you have so many options that you can put out there and the variations of the Jitas and the and and, and the goos and and stuff like that is just it's it's unappetizing.
0: So Bro, I would even... Listen to me, dude. I would even rather them come out and say they're having guest characters, like Mortal Kombat does, and have characters from other Bandai Namco games, like Heihachi Mishima, um, have people from Naruto. Did I say that right? Naruto. Naruto. Have people from Naruto uh, have One Piece characters in there. You know what I'm saying? Like, that would be cool, because that could kind of give you a um, a... A visual into the future of maybe having a um, a One Piece fighting game like this.
1: See, see, the thing about it is, there's so many different forms and stuff like that. You should be able to f- transform Goku into any of those forms while you're playing.
0: Uh, I, I know, and you know the problem. Like my uh, my friend Michael uh, had with the game is that you could not transform in the middle of the game, which you could. You could do that in games like Raging Blast. Exactly, exactly. Well, you know, you you're, you sit there and power up, and you know we we understand
1: games aren't gonna la- the fighting games aren't gonna the rounds and stuff aren't gonna last that long, but you should be able to build up enough where you can transfer to in, in, in Goku Black or Super Saiyan Four or whatever
0: else. I I, I totally agree with you. I think that would have been a cool thing um, to add in. But my thing is this: I think I would have been fine with that not being added in if there wasn't so many iterations of fucking Goku and Vegeta. I mean, like, half of the roster is taken up by Goku and Vegeta. You know what right. I'm saying? Uh-huh. So it's so irritating to me, and I'm glad that people are excited about this, but I am not in the least, and <laughs> I kind of just want to stop talking about it. So um, we're about to hand this next topic over to my boy Bolt uh, because I wanted to get a little passionate about it talk about this. So it's been officially announced that Anthem uh, is delaying a lot of their anticipated content for the game. Uh, And it was quoted on GameSpot.com. A lesson we have learned is we we have been talking about things way too early. So the content that is said to be delayed is the Master System Guild's legendary mission phase two, weekly stronghold challenges, leaderboards, some free play events, and the Cataclysm event, which was the big, big event. Cataclysm would bring about new challenges, rewards, and push the story and Anthem forward. Um, And that is a very big thing that is being pushed back. They're saying um, they're going to share more information about it in May. But um, the original release date for Cataclysm, I thought, was supposed to be in May. I may be incorrect. But still, that is a big-ass pushback of a lot of DLC. So, Bolts. Here, hang on real quick. All right, there's your soapbox. Stand on it. <laughs> oh no, no!
1: Look, it's it's like this. Um, I just I don't I don't have any words for Anthem right now. I'm so. You have a game that, of course, was 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 received with mixed feelings. Um, you know it's. It's been ten weeks, I think, or something like that, since the release, or something like that. Um, but there's this the, the, the a game like this that that has so many question marks when it was first when it first came out when people started playing with it, but you know bugs and improving the overstability stability and and so on and so forth gameplay more of this and more of that and your fans have been wanting this and this and this. Why you delay these these updates and these upgrades and stuff like that, you realize your fans are not going to play the same shit over and over and over. So you can update it all you want and keep fans enticing. You know, e- even if it's a small update here and there, maybe in the first update you do the Mastery System, the Guilds, the Legendary miss- Missions Phase 2. The next update you do the Weekly strong- Stronghold Challenge, the Leaderboard, some free play events. And then you do a third up- update for the catalysm you've got it not all at one time, because if you're waiting to to build something for one big, huge ass ma- massive update, you're going to lose people's interest in the game that they're playing now. Um, and, and as of right now, you know, when, it, like I said, it just, it, there, there's a mix, there's a mixed view of this game. And if you have all this stuff, that's going to improve it and, and, and bring attention and bring the, the, the not necessarily the hardcore fan, but the, uh, the, the mediocre fan. If you're trying to get them to come over to your game and you're waiting for some reason to put this big ass update in it, you're going to lose the people that are playing the game now because you're going to get tired of playing the
0: same broken stuff. Yeah, I totally agree bro. Um, you know it's the fact that It's the fact that the the studio was in the position that they were in when the game was in development of trying to get this done and trying to get it cranked out, trying to make this a huge game to overshadow, even though they didn't want it to do this, I think they were trying to make it overshadow Mass Effect, you know what I'm saying? Like they wanted to make it as big as a title as Mass Effect was and we just knew it wasn't going to happen you but know what you, i'm saying do you, do you know what kind of footsteps you're trying to you're <coughs> trying to follow exactly that's come what on I'm man saying, the,
1: bro. the 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 first mass effect was a what was a was a stone that they casted out there and it was such it was so much received it was amazing mm. and, and mass effect 2 and i tell you right now mass effect 2 with all the dlc even without the dlc top 5 game of all time i don't care what anybody
0: says Oh, I agree, bro.
1: Hands down. And yeah. Mass Effect 3, people a lot of people didn't like it. Of course, and you you made a separate ending for those who didn't like it, but let me tell you something. I was completely and utterly satisfied with the way that game ended. Okay? But those three games, that saga, that trilogy, however you want to say it, is a cornerstone for the gaming industry. What it brought to the gaming industry from from decision making to you, you you made decisions in the first game that wouldn't even, that would affect the third game that they haven't even fucking made yet. Yeah, you know, it. That's what kind of thought process to, went into this game. It was such an emotional roller coaster. It was such between all the romances and all the people you could have lost. You know, that first time you go on a suicide mission and you lose um, a tally or you lose you know a Caden and 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 you got to make that first that first choice between Caden and Ashley. Yeah. Depending on which way you were going, you know. Um, and then the second one, the suicide mission to the collector ship. Man, you could have come back with fucking, fucking nobody yeah. besides your dick in your hand. You know, that stuff right there is something else. And then in the third one, when you're going through everybody that you've been through hell with, and you're going through all the emotions of what, they, what they've what they been through <laughs> and their their backstories and, and so on and so forth. Let me tell you something. Anthem, you got some shit to follow and you're fucking up. Yeah. That's exactly what's the
0: truth about it. Mm-hmm. They are, bro. I don't know what, exactly what's going on with them. Um, I'm just hoping, bro, I'm really hoping for people that played this game and even for the studio, I really hope that it doesn't end up popping down. Like we've seen some of these games to where they delay some big products like this and some big DLC. And then just out of nowhere, like a year down the road, they're like, we're, we're canceling the game completely. You know what I'm saying? Shutting down all servers, Mm -hmm. doing all that shit. So, um, it is a uh, it is a really crazy thing, dude, and it's it's sad to see it because I did have my high hopes for Anthem, even though I you know I said my shit about Anthem. I, I had high hopes for the game, and uh, it just it didn't it wasn't the game that we were promised it was going to be. So um, hopefully they will get their bugs fixed out. They'll get their situation fixed out with the crazy shit that they're dealing with right now as a company. For the developers at the studio, I really just hope that nothing tragic happens as we've seen with a lot of studios over the last couple of years. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I don't think it will happen because it is Bioware, but you never know, really. Um, So our last topic at hand um, for tonight's show is about Mortal Kombat 11 um, and how the studio is trying to make people understand the game is not wrapped around fucking microtransactions. And this is something I was going to talk about earlier while we were talking about the game, um, but it is being like review bombed on a couple of different sites, and I'm fucking telling you right now, I'm gonna be really open and really verbal, <laughs> if I can say that. So viewer or listener discretion is advised. Um, I'm I don't, really I don't fucking. Give,
1: I don't give those warnings, Joe.
0: I know you don't. Now, real quick, bolts, you wanted to talk about Mortal Kombat with the whole Molina situation y- yeah, Molina is not in the game she's not playable um, her uh, weapons are usable um, uh, with katana uh, but bolts tell me what you're thinking about that situation um, for for, for, the, for the most part you know people
1: <laughs> look it, it, this is the, this is the way I view this game I haven't played it I haven't touched it I'll play it off and on with Caleb but it's just it's not my cup of tea at this point Okay, I'm I'm, ass- I'm assuming the gist of this of of the game, the story and stuff like that, is about these people, about these these two people who can turn back time, right?
0: The gist of it is, uh, uh, I don't want to do any spoilers. Um, this lady, Chronica, mm-hmm. um, is the uh, ruler of time. Okay, that's all. you need And she's to tell me. just trying to change. Okay, things. that's all you need to tell me.
1: Yeah. Let me tell you something every this is the way i felt when they first announced this game and i know that that there's only for some reason there can only be so many fucking characters in the game i don't understand but this was an opportunity in my eyes that that nether realm and 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 they they, they missed i really believe that you have a chance to you 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 have you have this character who 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 is the the keeper of the time you just rewind re, rewind time and bring anybody and everybody back. Um, I thought this should have been an, a, a monster roster list. I think you have the capabilities of the consoles to do that. You know, you have the space to do that. You have everything you need to do to do it. And it just... I and I'm, I'm completely satisfied with who they brought back and don't get don't get that twisted. I no, I, love, I understand that. You don't the, like the full
0: roster but yeah. like the normal roster.
1: You know, yeah, that's no problem at all, but let me tell you something. You have you there's so many things you could have done with the keeper of time
0: of who you could have brought back, when you could have brought back them. You know what I'm saying? It's just well like the what people were saying online is the fact of like you know there's a young Johnny Cage, there's a young uh, Sonya Blade um, they end up running into doppelgangers version of themselves and all of them are from the era of, you know, the first tournament. Uh, so um, the thing is, is, you know, most people, what they're getting at is if that's the case, why, why didn't Melina come back? You know, if some of these other characters, um, some of these other characters, you know, are getting brought back anyways. Why wouldn't they bring Melina back? It's just not how the story went. Now, if you haven't played a lot of the story missions in the game um, or through from Armageddon to now, the story stretches from the last moment of Armageddon. Um, You don't have to play through the story of Armageddon to know what's going on. But the last moment of Armageddon, um, Raiden is fighting um, Shao Kahn. Uh, Shao Kahn is about to beat his ass. And he sends a vision to his future self and says, you must let him win. Uh, and that is what, where Mortal Kombat 9 takes place. And, you know, the situation happens with that. You know, Liu Kang, Katana, all these. A lot of fucking characters died. A lot of characters died. And then in Mortal Kombat X, a lot of those characters came back as Revenant versions of themselves. Like Jax, Liu Kang, Cabal... Um, Katana, uh, even more than, than just those four people that I just named off. But the, the thing about that is, um, you know, Melina, the reason why she didn't come back in 11 is because she was killed by Devorah in the story. Um, she was Devorah, you know, threw up a bunch of, um, you know, maggots or bugs and shit all over her face and it completely, you know, ate her down to nothing. Um, but people were saying in that case, why was, why couldn't she have been brought back with the new way the story is, Mm -hmm. you know, I understand what people are saying, but at the same time, I'm like, it is what it is. So, but I do agree with bolts. You know, I think that it would have been cool if they would have been like, you know, day one, there's going to be 40 characters, you know, I, I I just think it was, it, it was an opportunity missed. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're saying. So, Um, But the problem, uh, and the main thing we're here to really talk about, is my my opinion. (coughs) Sorry, guys, my opinion on Mortal Kombat fans right now, or so-called quote-unquote fans. Um, There was an article posted recently, um, and actually, it actually came from um, the Mortal Kombat Reddit page. Um, And this guy, accomplished poet eight, did a calculation that supposedly states um that to buy the it says it calculate it's calculating 56 characters 20 or 56 skins 23 characters uh that would cost roughly around $5 so it said for the premium to buy all the premium skins to get every one of them would cost roughly around 6440 bucks um and of course instead of researching the stuff fans went livid um the biggest thing about this is that you can't fucking buy stuff with actual currency, okay? So as it says in this article from Kotaku, yes, purchasing every skin in the game with premium currency would cost thousands upon thousands of dollars, but it's not something that can be done. Time crystals, the only uh, the only of Mortal Kombat's currency that can be purchased with real money, can only be used towards the five rotating items in the premium shop, or to purchase easy fatality tokens in the world's most un- uh, unnecessary shortcut. Which I totally agree with that. Easy fatalities are ridiculous. But, <clears throat> so what you can do is you can buy crystals. You can buy time crystals. But those time crystals can only be used in the premium shop. Which the premium shop is something that literally every 24 hours completely rotates through a total of three skins, a piece of equipment, and a brutality. Okay? So, my problem is, this game, yes, is, you know, it's early and Mortal Kombat has changed. But my problem with the fucking community around it is the fact that people read a story and they go with it without researching the fucking shit first. And Ed Boon even tweeted out about this. He said, LOL, oh my god. The 6,440 story is complete bullshit. Where do these people get this information? The vast... Vast majority of Mortal Kombat 11 skins are not for sale. This is not how NetherRealm makes games. You have to earn them in-game. And then you put hashtag fact check before reporting. And it's totally fucking true. There's a shit ton of skins in the fucking game, okay? Yes, you do have the ability of using real money to purchase your skins. But it's fucking skins! It's skins. We're like, what are we talking about right now? You know what I'm saying? Like, why the fuck is it such a big deal that people can buy fucking skins in Mortal Kombat 11? It's a huge thing in in a game like. Fucking Fortnite, yeah, Fortnite's free, okay. But you know what? You can buy every fucking skin that you want with your actual money in Fortnite. There have been kids that have been reported of spending thousands of dollars on Fortnite for just the skins. That it buying this cannot affect your fucking in game character in the aspect of doing physical damage, anything like that. You can buy a fucking skin with money, you don't have to do it, okay. Stop making some bullshit-ass excuse to try and go against the fucking norm of games now. This shit is normal. Every fucking game does it. The one worst game that does it more than anything is a game called Dead or Alive that does launch one version of the game that is free, but it only comes with four characters. If you buy the full fucking copy of the game, every bro how many times on playstation or xbox have they updated the store and there's been like 26 items for dead or alive oh a lot almost every fucking week yeah
1: yeah bro
0: so like do you get what i'm what i'm getting yeah i understand i mean is it not fucking ridiculous Mm -hmm. like it's not affecting the it's not that big
1: fuck of a deal actually so, I mean, that's the end of it. It's just, it's not that big of a deal. If you want to buy the skins, buy the skins. If you don't, then don't spend your fucking money. Exactly. You know, and I and I, I can almost maybe somewhat kind of tell you that in the crypt, I bet you'll be able to find some. Yes. Just saying.
0: And what's crazy too is that they, they also announced, uh, and this was recently on a combat cast, says additional details um, about the uh, server side update went live um, on the recent combat cast after um, I guess, I guess after the game came out, um, there was a couple of people that were talking about how the, uh, um, the towers were a little inconsistent and they have announced that it says during the combat cast, NetherRealm has also addressed the in-game purchases. The developers said that they don't want to, um, artificially drive people towards microtransactions. As a result, cosmetics, time crystals, and easy fatalities will remain the only thing that you can buy in the game, um, with outside games money with real money now the realm also has a bundle of free in-game currency coming to all mortal kombat players the developer does not have a time tablet of when this bundles will be released but it will include five hundred thousand coins 500 hearts a thousand souls and 1000 time crystals so supposedly the biggest thing Players did an outcry of concern towards the Tower of Time and Mortal Kombat. Netherrealm Netherrealm agreed that the mode was way too difficult in its current state to get proper rewards. So, guess what? They fucking updated it. And they listened to their fans because they're a fucking amazing company. So, stop the shit. And it's just like Ed Boon said. It don't repost shit and don't constantly talk sh- start talking shit about a company before you even have the full information. It was a it was a calculation that this guy thought, "Oh yeah, it'll take $6,000 to do this shit." No, wrong, bro. That is a total farce and it's not right. You can't even buy 90% of the skins with actual currency. You have to earn them in the fucking game. So, that's my fucking soapbox. All right, man. <clears throat> oh my God, bro. It's so hard to have a soapbox right now. My dry-ass throat. My sandpaper throat. Um, but anyways, that's basically all I wanted to talk about uh, on the end uh, of the podcast. I love you guys very much. I want to give a big shout-out to everybody that tuned into the show um, over the last few weeks. Big shout-outs to my boy, Matt Quad C, Jordan, the entire Center leagues crew. Also, shout-outs to my boy, Jesus, and shout-outs to my dude, the real TJ, a.k.a. T. Spray Spray. There's a fake one out there somewhere. I don't know, <laughs> shout out to my dude Aaron, too. AJ. My boy. Yes, sir. I guess I can say shout out to my son and, mama and my Mara. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, guys, this is episode two freaking sixty of the Second Opinion Podcast. Make sure to check back next week. We'll be back for episode 261. Um, And over the next couple weeks, we're really going to start ramping up our ideas and thoughts about E3, why we're excited. And we'll also be having some more content for you guys with grilling and chilling and a few other things coming soon. Peace out.
1: Peace.